Hello, hello, and welcome back to Lola Pops Off About Dramas with your host, Lola. Welcome, welcome back, everyone, to another episode. And as you can see by today's title, we're going to be doing a Let's See What's Up episode, and we're going to see what's up with King the Land, See You in My 19th Life, and lies hidden in my garden. And here I'm going to give you my initial thoughts on these three dramas. And with all of my Let's See What's Up episodes, I try my best to kind of just give you a little snippet of some information about my feelings after kind of taking in the first two to four episodes of a drama. And in this case, it's going to be the first two for each of these dramas. And I try my best to not, you know, have formed too solid of an opinion just yet. It's only two episodes. I cannot guarantee that it's going to be the worst drama ever based off of two episodes or even the best drama ever after watching the first two episodes. So I don't want to do that with these episodes, but I do want to kind of just throw at you some of the thoughts that crossed my mind after watching the first two episodes. And with these three dramas, I'm going to give you my quick synopsis that I read from some website that I gather the synopsis from and then I'm going to go into my initial thoughts and I'm going to go each drama one by one and I think the order that we're going to do it in is King the Land and then See You in My 19th Life and then I'm going to finish up with Lies Hidden in My Garden. All right so here's the synopsis for King the Land. Gu Wan, played by Yi Jun Ho, is a son from a Chebul family. His family owns and runs the King Group, but he is then thrown into an inheritance war over the King Group. Gu Wan is a smart, elegant, and chic young man, but he is not very good with dating and he cannot stand a fake smile. Now we have Chon Sarang, played by Yuna, who has a bright personality with a very smiling face. And when she begins to work at the King Hotel, that is the backdrop for some of her happiest memories. While working at this hotel, she does face some various difficulties, but she does continue to work her way up from the bottom and she continues to grow as a person. But then Gu Wan and Chon Sarang meet and a romantic relationship develops. So that is the kind of, you know, rough synopsis that I got from Asian Wiki as I do. <laughs> but as you can see by this kind of scenario or the synopsis here, we have a classic rom-com setup with a very wealthy man and bright, happy-go-lucky girl who is, works her way up through the, the system to build who she is and kind of build this face in front of this very wealthy, rich man. Now, that is, that is it. That does sum up the story so far in the first two episodes. And I don't think I have that many thoughts about the first two episodes of King the Land because I don't want to be brutal and, and just really harsh with it. But I have to say, as many people said from just knowing the synopsis before the drama even aired, that it was a very familiar story. I mean, we have definitely seen this exact story play out in K-dramas multiple, multiple times. I mean, in multiple different variations, but definitely the core of this has been done over and over again. And it might be one of the things that K-dramas does best. I'm going to be honest, the core of this, this story 
is very, very, I want to say, uh, representative of K-drama. If, when you, people, I think, when they thought harshly on K-dramas at one point back in the day, they would think of this plot line. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I'm serious. Like all of the critiques about K-dramas from back in yesteryear, it was this plot that they were critiquing. Now, that does not mean that this plot has not been done well multiple times. I have definitely watched quite a few K-dramas with this exact plot line and enjoyed it, had a blast, thought it was fun, thought it was cute, and it was everything and more. Now, do I usually know that from the first two episodes I'm going to enjoy that plot, even though I've probably seen it a couple, you know, 50 other times? Yeah, I think I do. I think with a story that I already know the premise and I know what they're going to give me, in those first two episodes, I'm not looking for, what do you say? I'm not looking for a plot, usually. I'm not looking for the this main storyline. I'm looking for my chemistry between my leads and if I'm going to buy them falling in love and if I'm going to buy um, how cute they are together and, and all of that. Even if the plot around it, it has been done a million times before. Even if the plot around it is written really well or not written so well, if those two leads that are in the same plot line, are definitely selling me chemistry, I get through it and I enjoy it and I find a way to get through that plot. I'm very much a character-driven story kind of gal, as you may know if you've been listening to my podcast for a while now. I can watch two characters in a bathtub for episodes and if they have chemistry at well not in that way <laughs> you know what I mean like a bathtub story where the characters can stay in one spot the entire time and if the dialogue and the and the conversations and the chemistry and the thoughts in their heads are all revealed to be just thoughtful and, and thought-provoking and and interesting I will enjoy that type of story even though it looks like there's no story going on so I think I'm just trying to make my case before I start going into my real thoughts about King the Land I definitely want to make it known that I can watch the same plot over and over again, especially in K-drama land. I can watch the same plot over and over again and have a good time and enjoy it and not use that to critique a K-drama by any means. However, like I said, the thing that sells me in those moments are our kind of characters that are kind of leading this story and then our leads and their chemistry. And... As someone who loves Junho and thinks he's perfection, I have to say I did not buy anything about his character in these first two episodes or Yuna's Sarang character as well. I have to say they felt quite um, like see-through, transparent. They felt flat. They felt... Um, they didn't feel like they were, well, at least for the Sadan character, I didn't feel like there was energy being brought to this character tied to this kind of, you know, bright personality with this this nice, beautiful smile, but also she kind of was heartworking. I mean, it was like, if that's going to be a stock character that we have seen time and time again, the actress has to give a little extra, a little more to really turn that same stock character on its head. And I don't know if Yuna has ever or will ever have the capability to do that. Sorry, 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 I had to say it. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry, I had to say it. Now, again, this 
And that's why I think the the problem with doing a drama like this as an actor, where the story has been told again, time and time again, the character is nothing new, you have a huge weight on you to really bring the character into a different space so people aren't bored with a character that they technically have seen multiple times before. And probably by actors that they definitely loved and performances that they definitely loved, even though it was the same type of story and same type of character. And so I'm very, you know what? And I have a great example with this tied to Junho, the red sleeve. Okay. I can tell every time I talk about Junho, I end up talking about the red sleeve and it's not really fair to him because that's not the only amazing thing he's done in his career, but it is one of the best performances I have ever seen him in. And the thing that I said about the red sleeve, when I initially talked about it, I mentioned that he is playing Yisan, this you know historical figure in Korean history who has been played multiple times before. His his that historical figure has been portrayed on in film and in television over and over again. Okay, so you have seen the story of Yisan. You have seen multiple actors perform as Yisan in various ways. So his that character Yisan that they create doesn't change. However. Jun Ho's performance as Yisan, I I continued to say while watching The Red Sleeve, was one of the best interpretations of that Yisan character. He took that Yisan character to another level that I never thought I would see it in. And I was thoroughly impressed with that performance because of what he did with a character that technically has been done time and time again. So in this drama, King the Land, where we have a plot and stock characters that we have seen all the time in K-drama, you gotta give me more. (laughs) You gotta give me as much as you can give so that we can be convinced that this time around, I'm gonna accept the same stock character and the same stock storyline because you're giving me something a a little bit new. You're giving, you're spicing it up just a little bit. That has not happened in the first two episodes with this Sadong and Guwon character. It just hasn't happened. And is there room and time for this to happen in this drama? Absolutely. Totally, totally, totally. But how long is it going to take is my question because I was bored out of my mind the first two episodes. (laughs) There was nothing that kept me interested or intrigued by these stock characters. And I'm calling them stock because they are. We're these same, you can write down their descriptions and you can go through (laughs) K-drama history and find the exact same characters in multiple different dramas. And so it's just something you can just plug in. A lot of times you just plug in an actor, plug in an actress there, plug in, and then, you know, play it out. And I need more in those situations. I have to see more so that I can be a little bit more entertained and be a little bit more invested in this story. Again, I don't care about the plot. The plot can be the same old, you know, inheritance war over a, you know, hotel and daddy's group. You know, I, trust me, I can watch that over and over again. I can even watch, you know, rich guy, you know, poor girl over and over again but I need it to be special each time. I need it to be unique and special in its portrayal of something that I've seen time and time again. And I just don't think we're gonna get that in King the Land. 
yes, it may be too early to say that. I may come back and eat my words, which I love to do. You know I love to do that. I love to be wrong. I love to come back and say, yep, I was completely wrong about that. I loved it. So I want them to prove me wrong, but I just know. I just know. I just know. And because I just know, I am only going to probably be giving this drama two to four more episodes before I make my final decision on it. It's a very busy June as far as K-Drama Land goes. And so I am not going to hold on tight to any one drama that I cannot get completely invested in or completely entertained by. I just, I'm not going, I'm just not going to do that. So for King of the Land, my first thoughts, obviously my initial thoughts are that it's been done time and time again, and I'm not sure that our two leads are going to be able to provide us with anything special or unique or different that's going to make this story um, more interesting. And so I have to be on the lookout for moment when I will drop it. <laughs> the moment when I will drop it. I mean, it's technically already on the drop list and I'm just waiting for it, you know, to confirm that after maybe two more episodes. But I am definitely going to give it at least two more episodes before I make that final decision on dropping or keeping. And I hope it shows me something in the next couple episodes, but I don't have a lot of faith. Um, another thought that came to me while watching these first two episodes with our two leads, Junho and Yuna, was that obviously I know they've known each other for years. I mean, they have a very, you can tell, friendly relationship as they probably have developed over the years of being in the K-pop industry. However, <laughs> in these first two episodes, I did not buy at any point that they would be attracted to each other. <laughs> not to say that they're not attractive people by any means, but as far as like the chemistry and where that's going to come in at, I am going I have to see because I mean, I might not even stick around long enough to see it because I'm not convinced it's going to show up. I'm not convinced. I see them as good friends, buddies. You know, I'm not convinced that they're going to all, all of a sudden have this amazing chemistry that makes their romance and their, you know, them falling in love just so amazing and all consuming that I can't look away. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I don't buy it. I think they love, they are like roll dogs. I know they are, but like, in a romantic sense, I'm not, I don't, I'm not convinced. Even with the gorgeous photo shoot that they've released, um, you know, they've been releasing as far as the magazines go, beautiful together. They look beautiful, but the chemistry on screen is not coming through. It's not coming through. So I don't know, guys. I feel like I'm being very harsh. I feel like I'm being very harsh and pessimistic about King the Land, but honestly, I got a lot of other dramas to watch this this June and I don't have time for anything that's just like lukewarm, let alone just just not good. So <laughs> so I'm not sure I'm going to be around for this for much longer, but I'm going to, like I said, definitely give it another week for sure. And I should know by then. I definitely should know by then. So I know people are going to fight me on this and people are going to be like, well, what do you mean? You know, I know. And I and I feel bad about it. I really do. Because I want to love a, a cute rom-com just like the next person. I love it. I love them. But I don't think they, this is going to give me that at all. It's just not. I, I just know it isn't. And that's and that's OK. Right. That's OK. Everybody doesn't like every drama. We all know that. But I, I did. I was a little hopeful for a second there. 
And then I, after that first episode, I didn't really want to go on to the second episode. And that's never a good sign. I did go on, but I, yeah, I could take or leave the drama at this point. So again, I may come back and eat my words and tell you guys I was completely wrong after I finished, you know, maybe a week or another week or two of this drama. And I would prefer that. I would love to be wrong. But yeah, this might be my final time talking about King of the Land. <laughs> I feel so bad. Oh, I feel so bad. Okay, so that's my initial thoughts on King of the Land. Not much, because like I said, I'm not, there just wasn't a lot there for me to kind of jump on and say I enjoyed. So I don't have a lot to really say. And that is my initial thought. Now, let's go on to the next drama on our list here. And I I want to talk about See You and My 19th Life. Now, again, I'm going to read the synopsis really quickly, and then I'm going to jump into my initial thought. So for our synopsis, we have Ban Ji-un, played by Shin Hae-sun, has an extraordinary ability. She can remember the memories of all her past lives. Repeating her reincarnation for nearly a thousand years, Ban Ji-un has been living her lives diligently. After her previous life is cut short by a tragic accident, she sets out to reconnect with the people of her past life and her current one and decides to find a man named Moon So Ha, played by An Bo Hyun, whom she met in her 18th life. Will memories of her 18th life sabotage romance in her 19th or will love endure across different lives? And on the other side, there is also Yoon Cho-won, played by Ha Yoon-kyung, a landscape architect and the younger sister of Yoon Ju-won, whose life collapsed after her older sister's death. She is a courageous and kind young woman, even after facing the death of her beloved sister. But she struggles to maintain her brightness. When Yoon Cho-won meets Ban Ji-un by chance and sees her older sister in her, she wonders about Ban Ji-un's identity. Then there's Ha Do-yun, played by An Dong-gu, Mu Sohan's secretary and best friend since childhood. Although they come from completely different backgrounds, Ha Do-yun feels some kind of affinity for him. So that is the quick synopsis of See You and My 19th Life. And as you can see with this story, we definitely have this reincarnation kind of supernatural fantasy element to it, which can go left or right usually. <laughs> so with See You and My 19th Life and it being kind of this fantasy about reincarnation, I was intrigued. <laughs> and the reason why I was intrigued, even before I kind of really got into episode one, it was honestly because I like this concept of, you guys know, the fish out of water kind of scenario or someone pretending to be someone that they're not or having to kind of hide their like hidden identity. Those are just a few of my favorite tropes in any kind of storytelling, um, be it films, you know, dramas, it doesn't matter. I love that. And I immediately knew that it was going to be starting on a good foot for me. It was going to be starting on the right foot for me. Then we open up in episode one and it's gorgeous. I mean, beautiful, beautiful to look at. I just thought, oh my goodness, this is going to be 
a drama for me. This is gonna be a drama. Just, I can tell, I can usually tell by the way a drama looks. I really can. And I just thought it was gorgeous. The opening scene, gorgeous. And then the kind of flashbacks of all of her previous lives and how they kind of show these different um, people that she lived as and these different cultures she lived, cultures that she lived as, just loved it. And then you get to her in her current life as this young girl and she has this awakening of this realization like, oh my gosh, I lived multiple lives before this one. And we get to see her have that moment and then we see her living in this kind of horrible scenario and she's like, oh gosh, this is going to be a really long life, you know? (laughs) It's horrible and she's like, oh no, this is the life that I have to live. This is going to be a really long one, right? And and I thought that was really cute. And the actress, the young actress who plays her is just amazing and portraying this like old soul who has lived multiple lives and this young girl body. She does it beautifully and it's so convincing. And so I was already like, oh my gosh, the performances are already stellar. And you watch this young girl again in this, you know, recognizing that, hey, I've lived so many other lives before this one. I can definitely get through this one. I've lived through much worse. And she just has this old soulness to her. And it was so cute to watch. And she reconnects with someone from her, one of her previous lives, and then ends up kind of living with this woman. And I love that. I I love that we got to see her make this connection to people from her previous life because that sets the scene for her wanting to find someone from her past, one of her past lives again. And this is the Soha character. And then we get to see this 18th life, not the 19th life of her as this young girl living in this kind of horrible family situation after, and then her having to basically run away. Not that life, and that's her 19th one, but going back a year, um, going back to her eight, not a year, going back to the 18th life and getting the chance to see her as this young 12-year-old girl and interacting with her mother and her, and her sister and then we get to see a Bo Young um, cameo, and then we get to see a Mine reunion, which again, Mine is a drama from, I think it was last year, I believe, yeah, with Bo Young. And she's with playing the mother of the young son that she also had as a young son in Mine. So I love that little reunion there. Uh, and he's an amazing actor. Oh my gosh, he's so good. He was so good in Mine. He's, he was the best part in Mine. I'm going to be 100% honest, but that's neither here nor there. So seeing all of that and getting to see this this 12-year-old version of her, again, having noticed that this is her 18th life, knowing that she has lived all these other lives prior and her mother being like, I feel like she, you know, I just feel like she's not my daughter at times. Like she seems more like an adult than me a lot of times and it's like yeah because she's lived so many other lives and she remembers them all and I think that's super cool and then we get to see her form this relationship with Soha and it's super cute because she recognizes he's a little special for her he feels like something that she's interested in you know she's like all my other lives you know I I don't know if I can really think of anything that I was completely enamored with as with this Soha. And I thought that was really cool that we get to see her have this kind of first. Um, And even though we know she has lived so many lives before, we get to see a first for her. So I thought that was meaningful as well. And then we get to see her dying in this life. 
as a young girl, tragically. And again, I think that was important to get to see what it's like for her when she does end up living, losing her life because, of course, she's lived so many. So she's died that many times. And she lets us know that every time she does die, she has a prayer each time that don't let me be reincarnated. And if I am reincarnated, please don't let me remember any of my previous lives. And in this moment, she says when she was dying, and as this young girl, she's in the accident with Soha. And when that moment, she says her prayer was different this time around. And we don't get to hear the prayer. She doesn't tell us what the prayer was, but you can tell that because of who what he meant to her. It changed the way that she basically, you know, viewed her reincarnation or her reincarnations. And I don't know what she said. I don't know what she said, but I loved, I loved this idea of like, she has done this time and time again before. She has lived, she's been born and she's died again. She's born and she has died again. And, but in this moment, she wanted something different for the first time. And I just, oh my gosh, my heart, my heart, my heart sank. And then of course she wakes up in her, you know, and then we get back to her 19th life and she's this young girl and she's not that many years off from that 18th life. So she decides like, I should go look into finding Soha again. I should go look for him and see if he's still alive, see if he's, you know, what he's doing, see if he's okay. And so that is what she does as this young, you know, I mean, she's probably no more than 10 and this 19th life. And so she goes and finds him in high school and she becomes a little obsessed with following him and kind of just keeping an eye on him from a distance. And she's so happy that she found him, but she ends up kind of making, not making herself fall in love with him, but she ends up kind of just like really, really falling in love with him again in this weird, you know, way of him being this high school school or her being this, you know, young version of herself. And then as she continues to to recognize her feelings for him, she knows that I just need to grow up well and I need to get into his wherever he is and I need to be there. And so we see her plan out this life for herself of like, I'm going to work hard to get into a position where I can be where he is. And she does that. She does that. They reconnect. Um, and when they reconnect, she immediately kind of lets him know she wants him <laughs> she lets him know i need you i want to be with you I, I there's a connection that we have from the past i'm not going to tell you what that connection is because i want you to remember it but do know that i want you and when i tell you that was the most adorable and kind of like it had me like kicking my feet at it because i just loved how like she didn't, she, she's not, she's lived so many lives. Like she doesn't have time to waste. She knows how, you know, short life is because she's done this so many times again. And so I think she, she knows like, I got to take initiative in this life because my, this life could be over before I know it. And I love that she shows that um, about her. And it's just wonderful to see. It's wonderful. It's wonderful to see. Then you kind of throw in the complication that she had a younger sister in her 18th life. And that younger sister, Chowan, still you know, is in the life of Soha. And you can tell that she has feelings for him. And, but for him, looking at her, I think only reminds him of his kind of long lost um, first love. And I think 
that is going to be hard to watch if they continue with this, this kind of triangle of sorts between the two sisters who aren't sisters, but two sisters, you know, and this, this one guy. And I, and I don't want to see it. I don't want to see a love triangle, but I'm not, I'm not convinced there's going to be a a love triangle that I'm worried about at the same time. So I'm also totally okay with it. But I, I definitely think that there's not much here that I am completely um, concerned about. I definitely think it's kind of foundation of being this kind of reincarnation fantasy story is right down my alley. I think the short length time of this drama might work in its favor. I know it's based off of, I think, a webtoon. So the story's already there. So I'm a little, I'm very confident that they kind of have it all planned out and all all well thought out and written out. So I'm not too worried about that. And then you got your leads and you already got your chemistry. And I'm already convinced that he's going to recognize her and fall head over heels in love with her again. And I am so excited for that prospect. And I'm confident and confident and confident that that is going to be the thing that sells this drama for me the most. And I, and I, I'm welcoming that. And the only thing that I can see with, you know, just watching the first two episodes that could end up being a little bit of a snag for me would be maybe the overarching plot, which is the this idea that he is a wealth from a wealthy background as well, just like our King the Lamb. Also, there's a hotel being taken over involved just like in King the Land and the only thing I can see is that overarching plot that could be a little played out also taking away from some of the things that I think I want to focus in on which is that concept of life is short you know take it by the reins and don't let it steer you you steer it kind of kind of thought and I and this love story I can see that kind of distracting a little bit from that And if it does that, then yeah, I might have a little problem with it, but I also am not too worried. I think the chemistry in our two leads and the beautifulness of Bullion and his, you know, gratuitous shirtless things that I am crossing my fingers for, I think all of that's going to carry the story. I'm so silly. Um, But no, I definitely think that I have enough from these first two episodes, knowing that it's only, you know, it's a short run time that I will be able to get through this one and enjoy the process of getting through it. So I'm not worried about see you in my 19th life. It's, I couldn't look away these first two episodes. I'm going to be honest. I was thoroughly entertained and I was so in love with our, our kind of lead character, um, Ban Ji Um. Shin Hae Sun is just magnificent, as you may already know. And so her portrayal of this kind of this this person who has seen it all, has done it all already, still giving their best in each life. It's just wonderful to watch because you can see like, why would you want to live over and over again knowing that any moment, any day, this could be the life that is, I mean, this life could be over again and you have to do it all over again to someone different. 
the fact that she still lives her life kind of going gung-ho and and just taking it and and saying I'll take what you you throw at me and then I'll just move on to the next one I I really do I really do like that about her character so she from from the very beginning it's just an interesting character I love even I mean obviously she has so much going on with her being the fact that she could be she reincarnates uh you know obviously that makes her interesting but there is this aspect to this personality that she has formulated because of this this ability where it's not that she's just reincarnating she remembers her previous lives and I love that at the end of episode two she has this moment where this is one of the first times where she gets to experience what happened after one of her lives ended she gets to see the effects that her life had on these people and how that changes how she may interact with them in this new life that she's in and I and I like that I love that I love that I love it I love it I love it and I'm very like I said I'm very confident that this is going to be a good one and I love the first two episodes I thought they were pretty clean no hiccups for me at all I was interested each episode I was, couldn't wait to start the second episode and I can already tell with our two leads I am so invested in them as individuals but mostly in them kind of reconnecting and seeing what they can do together in this 19th life so I I think I'm good with 19th life I think I'm good with her I think she's gonna be one that I definitely stick around for so just the first two episodes but I definitely enjoyed the first two So those are my initial thoughts on See You in My 19th Life. Now, we're going to kind of conclude this episode with Lies Hidden in My Garden. And of course, before I get into my final thoughts, I'm going to give you the quick, dirty synopsis, okay? So we have here for the synopsis, Moon Juran, played by Kim Tae-hee, grew up in a wealthy family. She is now a housewife married to J-Ho, played by Kim Sung-oh, who works as a doctor. They live in a house with a beautiful yard, and her peaceful daily life is abruptly shook when she notices a strange smell in her backyard. This leads to Mu Jo-ran eventually investigating her husband and meeting Chu Sang-un, played by Im Ji-yeon. Chu Sang-un lives a completely different life from Mu Jo-ran. She grew up in a poor environment and even now suffers from financial difficulties. She lives in a shabby rented apartment with her husband Kim Yoon-bom, played by Che Jae-rim. Kim Yoon-bom works for a pharmaceutical company. Sang-un is subject to domestic violence at the hands of her husband and her life is completely miserable. But one day, she receives a phone call that he is dead. And that is the kind of jumping off point for lies hidden in my garden. Now, let's talk about my initial thoughts of this drama. So I knew I immediately wanted to watch this just off of our two leads, Taehee and um, Jinyeon. Fans of them both, super excited to see Taehee's return to drama land. I was there. I was ready. Then you throw in one of my all-time faves, Kim Sung-oh, and I was I was ready. I was like, let's go. Let's go. Then we get into episode one, the opening of episode one. And it's like a horror film. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't expect that right off the gate. 
So I immediately was nervous. I was like, okay, it's giving scary. And I immediately thought, I need to watch this during the daytime and not in the evening before going to, going to bed. <laughs> Which again, is a personal problem, but I had no idea it was gonna be so kind of creepy and scary right off the bat. But then as the episode kept going, I immediately was like enamored by the cinematography. It is another gorgeous drama that I'm watching now with 19 Life. This one is just, oh, it kind of had this, it reminded me a little bit of my favorite cinematography of K-drama ever with Little Women from last year. It's just something about it. It was just like, ah, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. And so I... I was so, I think, drawn in by the visuals of this drama that I initially wasn't paying too much attention to what was really going on. Then when I started paying attention to what was really going on as far as like this plot, I was like, this is not quite what the synopsis was giving me. The synopsis originally kind of let me in as to thinking that we're going to start with this happy housewife living this kind of, you know, nice, peaceful life and this, you know, wonderful marriage and this very beautiful house. And then one day she finds a dead body in her backyard. You know, that's what I was thinking. We were going to have this amazing life for her and then things, her world was going to be shook. But in the opening of this drama, we immediately noticed that this housewife, this Judon character, she is struggling already. We meet her at one of the lowest points of her life, I believe. She has lost her sister after discovering her sister's dead body decomposing in an apartment, you know. She finds this body and she is haunted and she dreams of this moment of finding her sister's dead body. And she has been completely traumatized by this. And she has been moved, you know, her family, you know, her husband and her son, they they have moved away from Seoul to get away from this, you know, aspect of her memories. And yet she's still struggling. She's taking antidepressants, you know, she lives this kind of quiet, you know, stale life, or not even stale, sterile life in this beautiful home and she just kind of walks around zombie like you know very much like a zombie and I didn't expect that coming out the gate I thought we were going to see her kind of in this this really amazing moment to then recognizing that her life wasn't perfect but no the minute we meet her things are at the lowest right I mean she is at her lowest when we meet her but we do get to see that Apparently, this husband that she has, Jeho, um, he appears to really love her and care for her. You know, they have scenes where at the end of each night, he's brushing her hair for her and before they, you know, prepare to go to bed. And it just seems like he really, you know, he's all in for her. The move that they've made to the, you know, he has done this on her behalf. He's a, a child doctor, you know, he's a pediatric doctor. So, you know, he obviously seems to be a good you know, father as well. But again, we see something a little different um, in these first episodes that immediately tells us something's off with him. And it's frustrating and it's, you know, sad because you can tell she's already dealing with so much and to know that there may be something else going on with her husband that she is not privy to because of 
being in such a low point of her life. You really feel for this Judon character right out the gate. So I was I was really connected to her immediately. I I felt for her. I I was you know I I was felt you know I felt her loss, and I also felt for her in this kind of zombie state that she was living in. And then, then the thing that really made me connect with her, as in like I really felt for her, was this gaslighting that seemed to be happening with her husband and even her son to some degree, where she starts to smell this horrible smell in her yard. And she brings this up to her husband and her son. And she's like, you guys don't smell that. It smells really bad. Like you guys don't smell that. I think something's died and we you know, need to go find it in the yard. And they're like, we don't smell anything. I don't smell anything. And she's like, really? You don't smell anything? You know, she's just like, okay. And again, I think being in the state that she is, you know, she kind of takes that in and she, she does away with it. But then that very same night where she is told that there's no smell in the yard. What does she mean? There's no smell. You know, there's no smell. A neighbor that has just moved in or moved back into the neighborhood comes across the street to greet her and her family as a new neighbor. And they don't let her into the house. But while she's outside of the house, you know, they're kind of talking to, you know, they're kind of talking to her through the intercom. She says, wow, what's that smell? You know, she immediately notes there's a smell while standing at their doorstep before she heads over to her house. And of course, Dudon, she hears this. She hears this neighbor say something about this smell that she too has smelled. And her husband doesn't even acknowledge it. He doesn't even bat a lash to this woman saying this and acknowledging the fact that, hey, she noticed the smell too. I wasn't the only one. He completely ignores it, gets on the phone suspiciously and starts talking to someone. Now that is where I knew this Judon character had it rough. I was like, oh my goodness. She is this wealthy woman who is living like a zombie after losing her sister and, and experiencing the trauma of discovering her sister's dead body. And her family's gaslighting her. She's smelling this horrible, rotting smell in her own yard that's coming in through her home. And she has to live with this. And I was just like, I wanted to hug her. Oh my gosh. I was like, she needs help. Who's going to help her though, right? Who's going to help her but herself is the thing that I started to realize. It's like, there's no one else she has, you can tell. And then the story keeps going and just keeps unraveling. I mean, it's so much that happens in this first episode that you're just like, we're already here. (laughs) We're already here. And then we get introduced to another character, and that is the Sang-un character, Chu Sang-un character, and played by Ji-yeon. So we know we're about to have one of the top performances ever because she serves each time she's in a role. And when we meet her, she appears to be pregnant, around five months pregnant, she says. But while being pregnant, her husband is beating her constantly. He does not take mercy on her and her unborn child. And it's just vicious. It's horrible. It's vicious. And it's horrible. And it's vicious. So definitely trigger warning if that's something that you, you know, don't do well with. It is not for the faint of heart because we see her as being this pregnant woman being abused. However, we find out later on, and I think in episode two, that she's actually not pregnant. She pretends to be pregnant for some reason. Um, And And as you know, we, I mean, we don't know, 
But again, this kind of just adds to the layer to this character where she is being abused by her husband pretends to be pregnant and for whatever reason we don't know why we also get to see her in some way show that she this is her husband you know like this is this man that keeps beating her and how she can't stand him and there's like this idea that she's kind of collecting evidence against him as she you know is being beat by him but yet when he ends up dead Again, we don't know how he died, but when he ends up dead, she, you know, of course shows no remorse, but then when approaching or dealing with, um, you know, the after effects of his passing and some of the things that he might have been involved in, she immediately is now claiming him like, you know, this is my husband kind of thing. And so I was just like, what is really going on with this Song Eun character? Like, what are her motivations? What is she really being driven by? What does she care most about? I don't know. I don't know. And that is in the end, by the end of episode two, preview for episode three. I'm just like, I don't know this character's motivations already. And I, and I'm, I'm so intrigued. I'm so intrigued. So in this, you know, initial kind of watching of these first two episodes, you have this mystery surrounding this this strange smell that's coming from the yard. But then you also have this mystery of the Yubom character being is showing up dead suddenly and his connection to Duran's husband, this pediatric doctor. And then we unfortunately get some revelation at the end of episode two of something to do with, I hope not, but something to do with maybe child, um, a trigger warning, but like maybe with child abuse, child sexual abuse. I'm not sure what's really going on, but it was disturbing it was very disturbing. So I'm so confused as to where this drama is going. I know it's based off of a book, so I can already tell that it has all of these layers to it. And I'm hoping that with all of the layers that a book can usually kind of delve into, that this drama is able to kind of really take hold of that and really kind of dissect it in enough time that they're giving this drama. I'm nervous about that though, because like I said, right out the gate, these first two episodes, so much happens and then it just feels like too much to some degree, right? It's like we're dealing with, you know, child sexual exploitation, possibly we're also dealing with um, a murder from the past and then a murder in this future setting and then a dead body potentially rotting in a backyard and then this suspicious neighbor who lived there at one point and then moved back. You know, it was just so many different things happening in these first two episodes that I thought in a book, you know, in a, in a novel, you would have time to build those layers. But in a drama, it could feel like a lot. It could feel like a lot coming all at once. And I am a little nervous by it being that way, being kind of just slam packed with all the different layers that are in the original novel. And I'm just not having enough room to really um, kind of go through each of those layers. So that's my only worry after watching the first two episodes is that there's just too much going on off the, off the rip with this, this, this story. But I'm intrigued. Like the mystery is 
it has you. I mean, at least it has me. Like I need to know what is all going on. Like I said, I am very intrigued by this Sang Eun character and her motivations. And I just need to know a little bit more about her. And then with the Judon character, I, I definitely feel for her. And I want to see how she comes out of this because again, she seems so lifeless and pitiful at the moment. And I'm very interested to see how she ends up pulling herself out of this and how that involves her kind of exposing her husband and even what's going on with her son. Like there's just so much going on in this story. There's so much. And I don't know if it's going to be good or bad in the end. I'm most nervous, I think, though, about the whole child exploitation situation. I am really nervous about that. I don't want to go there. And if it's going there, that may be a bit much for me. So I'm going to go ahead and say off the, you know, just off of that, if that goes, if they go really deep into that and we, and that's a, the, the base of this story, I don't know if I'm going to be able to continue watching this. Um, but I do want to, because I want to know how our Judon character and even Song Eun, how they're going to kind of interact with one another, but then also how they're going to kind of individually develop. I, I really want to know. I'm really intrigued. They kind of got me, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's a not a it's not an easy drama to watch by any means. Like I said from the opening scene, I was terrified. So I I don't think anyone and everyone should be watching this drama. I barely know if you know, I barely I barely think I should be watching it, honestly, but I'm going to give it a little bit of a go. I believe it's like maybe eight episodes or so, and I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a, a one, good one too, but I am nervous. I'm, I'm quite nervous about it, but yeah, that's my initial thoughts there on lies hidden in my garden. Let me know, guys, what are your thoughts on these three dramas? Like after you've gotten into these first two episodes of each of these, let me know. Like, are you convinced that one of these are going to be, you know, your next favorite drama of the year? Or are you kind of like "Mm, lukewarm response for for any of them, all of them? Let me know, because with me, like I said, I'm definitely not happy with King the Land. I'm very happy with See You and My 19th Life. And I'm afraid of lies hidden in my garden. So those are my initial thoughts for each of those three dramas. And I don't usually do this many dramas in an initial thoughts, but they came at me real fast, back to back to back. So I was like, I can't break them all up individually. I'll just put them all in one. But I hope this episode was good for you. And that's it. That is all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And whether you're listening in the morning or the afternoon or the evening, I hope you have a great day. So everyone, it's been real. Lola's off.